But it was a really cute R2D2. Did you not see my pictures? I posted pictures. You're a terrible friend. I think I did. Of my R2D2. Or am I saying that so you're not mad at me? Probably. I'll pull it up for you right now. I'm getting distracted. I'm trying to record a podcast right now. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Where the People Aren't. I'm Jesse. I'm Allie. Today we are talking about the Lion King. Ooh, and our drink of choice is White Claw. Ain't no laws in your drinking claws. We are basic white bitches. Spoiler, we're white. Spoiler, if you couldn't tell already. Okay. We're doing a Disney podcast. I'm pretty sure that's already making us a super white girl (laughs) stereotype. Picture it. Picturing. It's 1994. In yet another appearance, boys to men top the charts with the very cool, not at all cringy... I'll make love to you. The People's Republic of China gets its first internet access, regrets the decision ever since. Steven Spielberg's feel-good comedy Schindler's List sweeps the 66th Academy Awards. Ray Fiennes portrays a Nazi and his typecast for the rest of his life. Nelson Mandela is inaugurated as South Africa's first black president, which is pretty fucked up, but that's apartheid for you. Jeff Bezos. Oh, fucking Bezos. Founds Amazon and single-handedly destroys small businesses nationwide while also creating some of the most toxic work environments ever known. Hashtag let the warehouse workers pee. Good lord, please let them pee. The first PlayStation system is released in Japan. Remains unimportant until there means of Katamari. Get in my Katamari. Get in my Katamari. A bunch of people I don't know were born and two that I do. I can get this right. Saoirse Ronan and the Beebs. And the Beebs. And on June 15th, 1994... Disney's 32nd full-length animated feature, The Lion King, was released. Directed by Roger Allers and Rob Minkoff. The music was done by Elton John and Hans Zimmer and Tim Rice did the lyrics. I feel like Hans Zimmer is a very legit composer. He did the instrumental Yeah, he did the score. Yeah, Um, so... But he's like a very well-known accomplished. Yeah. I think he did um, Pirates as well. This Disney animated feature follows the adventures of the young lion Simba, the heir of his father Mufasa. Simba's wicked uncle Scar plots to usurp Mufasa's throne by luring father and son into a stampede of wildebeests. But Simba escapes and only Mufasa is killed. Simba returns as an adult to take back his homeland from Scar with the help of his friends Timon and Pumbaa. Do we want to call it Simba's Adventures? I don't feel like they were adventures. I feel like he was running from PTSD. I, yeah, and kind of just hanging around eating bugs. That's all he did. Yeah, that's true. He ate a lot of bugs. He had a great time, though. You have to eat a lot of bugs to keep up, like, the health of a When you're a lion? Holy shit. That's not the same as, like, a meerkat? Meerkat. Yeah. That's what Timon is, right? A meerkat? Yeah. Yeah. It's not even the same as a warthog. No. Lions are quite large. They're quite large. White and muscular. Large. We'll get into that later. And you need a lot of protein. protein. I mean, bugs are just protein, so I guess there's that. ever so small. Ever so small. Released June 15th, 1994. It had a budget of $45 million, although I did see some things that indicated that it may have been more and was just never really well... Oh, really? ...spread around. I mean, that's... So this was like 20, 26 years ago. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of fucking money. 
It did, however, make a box office of nearly $1 billion. That's also a lot of money. $968.5 million. In 1994? I think these are all adjusted. They must be. I think that the box office numbers that are listed on Wikipedia are adjusted for inflation. It has to be. It has. I mean, that's a lot of money. That's like Avengers money. It's a lot of fun. Well, I think that includes like DVD sales and shit and all sorts of other shit. Yeah. It has an 8.5 out of 10 rating on IMDb, 93% on Rotten Tomatoes, but only 83 on Metacritic, so somebody on Metacritic didn't like it, apparently. Um, it won a bunch of awards. A couple of Golden Globes for the Best Original Score and the Best Motion Picture in a Musical or Comedy. A few Academy Awards for the Best Original Score again, Go Hans Zimmer. And Best Original Song for Can You Feel to Lo- the Love Tonight, and frankly, Elton John should be winning things for that. Yeah, it's a great song. Um, also won a Grammy Award for the vocal performance on Can You Feel the Love Tonight? I'm sorry, the best male vocal performance. Fuck the ladies. Uh, and then the Annie Awards, it won Best Animated Feature, Best Achievement in Voice Acting for Jeremy Irons, who is legit, Mm -hmm. and Best Individual Achievement for Story Contribution in the Field of Ann- I don't even know what that means. Wow, I had no idea that was even an option. I made this sheet like seven months ago. I don't know what it means. (laughs) We are quite far behind. It was also the 1995 Kids' Choice Award for Favorite Movie. That's nice. So it was very well received. It was well received. Cool. Overwhelmingly, we liked it. Origins. Origins. That's all you, sister. So this one was kind of crazy. This got a lot deeper than I thought it was going to. Um, According to Wikipedia, I didn't listen to the DVD commentary, but this is what Wikipedia said, and why would they lie? The Lion King was first developed in 1988 by Peter Schneider, who was the president of feature animation at Disney, Roy E. Disney, a senior company executive, and Walt's nephew, and Jeffrey Katzenberg, the chairman of Disney, and my and Jesse's favorite person to just fucking pile onto. He's the worst. He is our scapegoat. Katzenberg liked the idea of a film set in Africa, probably because it was so exotic. Exotic. And he wanted some elements he thought were important, like adult elements like coming of age and death to be involved. He also wanted to include ideas and philosophies from his own life. That's some serious bullshit. Apparently, he had tried and ultimately failed to get into politics. I tried finding any info on this, and I could not find anything about his political pursuits. I, I, you know, this is all stuff I read on Wikipedia. I know, so I, yeah. either he scrubbed it, which he was rich enough, he, he might have been able to and do that. And it was that. before the internet, so you could do that. <clears throat> right. Um, yeah, I tried to find things, because I read that too, and it was like, politics? What was he doing? And the only thing I can find about politics for him is like current politics contributions things. and stuff like yeah. there's a whole big thing about the obama campaign but yeah i mean he's a pretty ardent democrat um but, but kind of a dick big one so yeah fuck you, I mean, they're not any better than but yeah i really anyway, want to know what was he doing what was he running for in politics i write quote it the film is a little bit about me unquote he said of the movie surprising no one with his brazen self-absorption that's what i wrote Although The Lion King is touted as the first original story in the company's animated feature film history, the filmmakers have said that it is partially based on Hamlet by Shakespeare and the story of Joseph and Moses for the Bible by God. I did some research into the Joseph-Moses connection and I couldn't really find anything. It was pretty tenuous and I certainly wasn't about to reread the Bible. Um, I'm a really bad Catholic. I don't know what they mean by that. No, I have no idea. I got nothing. Um, Hamlet, however, makes a little bit more sense. The following is from a blog I found, Shakespeare's Fine Frenzy on WordPress. So the cast counterparts for the um, Hamlet one is King Hamlet as Mufasa, 
Hamlet as Simba, Claudius as Scar, Gertrude as Sarabi, Ophelia as Nala, Horatio as Rafiki, and Rosencrantz and Gil- Gildestern. Gildenstern. At- Gildenstern? I don't know. Again, I did not reread it because I don't care that much. I had to read it for a college class, and that was the last time. I uh, saw it recently at the Guthrie. Well, then you should fucking know, shouldn't you? It was great. <laughs> As uh, Timon and Pumbaa, which, based from my, like, tenuous knowledge, because I had to read it. I, of course, I read it when I was a child, cause, like, all kids love Hamlet. But I also read Abby it. does. I did take that Shakespeare class yep. that I left because it was boring. But I did have to reread it, and I love Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet. So good. His butt is in it. It's a great movie. And there's four hours of stuff that isn't Kenneth Branagh's butt. But anyway, I feel like that's a pretty, from what I remember, a pretty accurate Yeah, no, that all feels pretty solid to me. Um, At least Nala doesn't die. That's true. She's got that going for her. Way to look on the bright side. She doesn't drown herself in grief. Ultimately, the film follows the base concepts of Hamlet, betrayal, and revenge. Two, like, major themes, right? Kind of lame, but... I mean, Hamlet's not a comedy. Except for Kenneth Branagh's butt. Except for Kenneth Branagh's butt. Uh, Disney adds the pleasant ending of, like, the rebirth theme, whereas in Hamlet, the play ends with a stage full of corpses. It sure does. <laughs> oh, I was wrong. It wasn't the Guthrie production. It was the National Theater in London was doing a Fathom event. And it was... <gasps> oh, fun! Um, Benedict Cucumberbatch, whatever his name is. But you saw Benedict Baby Baby Batch? I did see Benedict Baby Batch. Um, Bendy bought cucumber patch, and so that was really fun. But yeah, it does end in just a pile of bodies. They're tripping over themselves. All literally, just, they're just so dead. Although the Lion King does end with Scar apparently being devoured by his followers, who are then potentially all burned to death, which is pretty fucking metal. I mean, those hyenas were really hungry. Nature's brutal. They just wanted some goddamn food. Nature is brutal. It they is. should have eaten it before, but he was probably all sinewy and gamey and not very good. I mean, he probably still was, but when you're that hungry, I guess it doesn't matter. Uh, so I sincerely beg the forgiveness of all the Shakespearean scholars who are Every listening. Every single one of you. All, none of you. And probably seething from how much I'm distilling the minutiae of this story, because it's very complicated. It's Shakespeare and why Satan three words and you can say it in 700 but i wasn't about to reread hamlet as i said and um anyway following the release of the live action quote live action quote also fully animated lion king uh, we'll we'll get back into that last year an article in the washington post was published claiming that the lion king is based on a true story what it's okay listen this like actually blew my mind it was really interesting This is why I don't read your origin stories before we read this, because it's always a surprise. (laughs) The article was written by Kelly Carter Jackson. Again, this is from the Washington Post, so this is like a, you know, pretty legit source. They're a real newspaper. Claims that the story is based on the life of, I'm so gonna fuck this up, Sundiata Kita, a prince of the Mali Empire who lived in the early part of the 11th century. Also, he was not a lion, so don't even ask. (laughs) According to this article, his empire extended from the Atlantic close to the Niger River, and his great-nephew, Mansa Musa, was allegedly the richest man in the history of the world worth $400 billion, which is, of course, adjusted for inflation, and I bet he paid his taxes. What's up, Jeff Bezos? We're coming back to you. You're a piece of shit. And I actually was talking to my coworker about this, and I mentioned this this connection, and she was like, oh, yeah, I just I just found out about that guy. I've... Never like, heard how, of this. I've never heard of this 
guy before. Thank He's... you, public school education. The Fuck. richest man in the history of the world. Didn't hear about that in fourth grade. This is how rich he was. During a pilgrimage to Mecca, Musa built many, many mosques, and he gave away so much gold that the value of the metal decreased for several years. Take that, Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Um, I'm, this is kind of long, but I'm going to quote the article itself because Kelly Carter Jackson did such an amazing job summarizing it and explaining it. So and we're apparently not good writers. We're not. I just, I can't improve on her. But while Musa's story is better known, the story of Sundiata's reign is largely invisible in the West, obviously, despite the efforts of griots or African storytellers who have passed down the tale for generations. It was also corroborated by Tunisian, yeah, Tunisian historian Abu Zaid and the Moroccan traveler Mohammed ibn Bou- Batuta. Batuta both of whom traveled to Mali about a hundred years after Sundiata's death to learn of the Lion King's existence and reign. So wait, he was called the Lion King? I guess he was called the Lion that's King. That's legit. That's a great... You know what? As my last <laughs> name is Lions, that's legit. You could be the Lion's Queen. I'm going to be the Lion Queen. Suck do, it, Do Connor. you remember the time I told you that I tried to voice text you when I said text <laughs> Jesse Lions, but Siri only heard sea lions, so Google sea lions, I looked to my phone and it was just a bunch of seals and I was like, oh, I was unexpected. Do you um, remember that? <laughs> um, while certain aspects of the story vary, the general narrative remains pretty constant. Mandinka Griots, I guess Mandinka's a region, tell a story of King Nair Maghan Konati, the real life Mufasa. I'm so sorry for butchering these names. Now I know how other podcasters feel when they can't say names of places. We should probably like check the pronunciation on these things. Yeah, I don't think that's necessary. All right. Sorry, uh, it in was... the entire continent of Africa. <laughs> it was prophesied that if he took on an ugly wife, she would give birth to a son who would become a mighty and magnificent king. Accordingly, Kunate murdered... Murdered? Murdered? <laughs> oh no, I was so busy on trying to pronounce this, I'm not even looking at my words. Accordingly, Kunate married Sigolan Kedju, the buffalo woman, as his second wife. She gave birth to Sundiata... But he was born crippled and unable to walk, which is what crippled means. He was born disabled and unable to walk. Let's not use the C word here. Yeah, that's not a good word anymore. Though the king favored him, both Sogolon and Sundiata were mercilessly mocked for his disability. They're mocking his mother for his disability? Can I look at this bitch? You made the crippled kid. (laughs) People are terrible. One day, Sundiata had enough. He was determined to walk, and miraculously, he did, which is a very summarized way of saying, if you just believe and want it, it's gonna happen. How ableist That's of how like, Trump became president. Oh, God, let's not go there. Sundiata then became strong, because he could walk now, and recognized as a leader among his people, because he magically healed himself. Sparking, I mean, I would make him king, too. Sparking resentment from paternal half-brother... Dank, you know, when I wrote Dankerin this, Torman. when I wrote this, I definitely practiced all of this and it's been so long that I just, well, hopefully we'll only ever have like two weeks before things now. Dankerin Torman and his brother, and his mother, Sasuma Berete. Why are these fucking French names this long ago? Colonization. Oh God. Torman wanted the throne for himself. When the king died, many suspected foul play. 
no word on how the king died. Just died. He just died. He just, His son just walked and he just died. Maybe fearful, it was a deal with the devil. Fearful of an attack on their lives, Sagalon took Sundiata and the rest of her children, who didn't matter, and fled into exile, leaving a kingdom in disarray. The Mandinka people were taken over by the cruel and oppressive Singh, King Saramaro Kanti of the Soso. In need of their true leader, the people sent word for Sundiata to return and take his rightful place as the king. In exile, Sundiata built alliances with the king of Mima and other local rulers. He gathered an army to liberate the Mandinka people and overthrow the Sosa king. Upon his victorious return, he adopted a new title for himself, Mansa, which means king or emperor in Mandinka. Now, like, that's the fucking Lion King, it right? Is. Except just... for the whole, like, disabled part, like, that's the Lion King. Right. And this is from the 11th fucking century. And how come I've never heard this? Is this what Hamlet is based on? Oh, that's a good point. It might be. Wait, I have to Did do some Shakespeare more research. Did appropriate something? I mean, there are no original stories anymore. Isn't that's that the true. Thing? And I have a feeling there have not been any original stories since, like, you know, 3,000 years ago. Um, I'll put a link to this article on Twitter we'll or whatever. We'll post that shit on Twitter. Yeah, it's a really good article. For um, our currently one Twitter follower. So do you have, like, big memories of this movie? I remember seeing it in theaters. Really? I do. I was, it was 94, so I was seven, and I remember going and seeing it with my mom and dad, and being, like, really overwhelmed, because I was so excited, because it was a big deal, and it was, it was the, I think it was the fifth, fourth or fifth one released in the Disney Renaissance, so yeah. they knew what they had, and it was a big deal. I know that the trailer for it was the whole opening circle of life. Yeah, scene, the first trailer they put out was just that like four minute opening, which scene. is such a great idea. Because as a seven year old, I was like, "Oh my!" It blew God. your fucking mind. It blew your mind. So I remember seeing it in theaters, and I remember very specifically a few weeks later seeing my grandmother, and my grandma asking if we'd seen it because I think she wanted to take me and my sister to it, and my sister saying. Oh, we already saw it. There were tons of people, not in the movie, but in the theater. And I just remember thinking that was really satisfying for some reason that she like totally lipped off to my grandma. Well, it's because you hate your grandmother. I really do. Yeah, I, I remember seeing it in theaters and I remember my, I have a very fond memory. So my dad's gone, dead a few years ago, but he used to have a Ford Probe. Do you remember what those look like? No, but it sounds terrible. They are terrible. It was a little red uh, coupe, okay. little red coupe. I'm and it had Google the it. it had the automatic seatbelt thing that like strangled you. Oh yeah! And he had the Lion King on cassette tape. Nice. And on long car rides because we lived way out in Wisconsin, we were um, ninety minutes from the cities at that point. So if we ever wanted to go to the cities, it was like it was a trek. He would put it on, and we'd listen to the whole thing, and then he would wait until the second side was done, and he turned the volume way up. So when Circle of Life started, it was deafening, and he thought it was hilarious, because we would scream. Dad jokes. That was before he transitioned, too, but he was always a dad. I mean, you just know. <laughs> you, you know when you know. <laughs> so I actually have some very fond memories of, of this movie, um, specifically related to my family and my sister and my, my dad. That's cute. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I have anything real. I mean, like, it was one of the ones that we had, so I know we watched it a lot. We were the poor kids. We didn't have cable, so we just watched a lot of movies over and over again. Yeah. It was a lot of Disney movies and uh, Three Ninjas. But we definitely watched this one a lot. Like, I wasn't surprised by anything rewatching it. Right. I'm like, yep, that's what happens. That's what happens. That's what happens. <laughs> I'm not used to watching it with such a critical eye. 
I have my notebook out. Like, yeah, we'll, we'll like you're like, oh, me. I gotta make notes. Yeah, Will watched it with me, and he was kind of getting into it a little bit because I was into it. And he's like, oh, I can comment on this and this, but I was, I was writing shit down. Like, what is the tree? Like, why are there waterfalls? Where are there waterfalls in Africa? <laughs> a lot of my notes are just like, what is this? What yeah, is this exactly. thing? Exactly. Is this worth investigating? Why is it here? Who knows? Who knows? Overall, I still think it's a pretty solid movie. It's pretty good. It's got a, you know, a very cohesive narrative. Mm-hmm. It has a beginning, a middle, and an end, which is more than we can say for Robin Hood. It's more than we can say for Robin Hood. I mean, it's fairly simplistic sure. overall, but I think it's fairly well executed. What are your favorite parts of it? <sighs> the I, I really loved how they did the animation in this one. Okay. There's just so many things that I thought were really, could have been really easily overdone, but weren't. Um, Story-wise, I don't know. I just can't wait to be king is a great sequence. Yeah, and and especially since it was um it was supposed to be a distraction. Yeah. Like specifically. What's your favorite part? What's my favorite part? Yeah, see it's not such an easy question, is it? Oh, it sure isn't. I think I like I think my favorite scene might be the pouncing scene. That's a cute one. I like it because it has a really great father-son bonding, and Ron Atkinson does a really good job in his voice acting. He is very good. But, like, I, I talk about this a little bit later. That's the song, The Morning Report, that gets added. I think it's in the Broadway show, and then it gets added, it was to added in the Broadway show, the special, yeah. which I have the was special Was it actually edition. added into it, or was it just an It's an option. An option. I have and I have that DVD. I have the special edition DVD, and I really hate that song because I th- I feel like it cuts into Ro- that whole scene with Rowan Atkinson, which is so brilliantly like. Yeah, I watched it on YouTube, and it felt also like it kind of cut into that father son moment. In a it weird did. Way. It disrupted the entire scene. Although James Earl Jones, who voiced Mufasa, felt that throughout production, Mufasa became more and more of a dopey dad instead of a grand king. How do you feel about that? I mean, I don't know. He still seems pretty grand. He definitely still has a deep voice throughout the whole thing. I'm, okay, sure, but I could listen to James Earl Jones say anything. And it would come yeah. out sounding fucking majestic and inspired. He's definitely pretty good at playing very important fathers. <laughs> if there's a way to be typecast, I think that might be it. Right. All right. So you kind of talked about how it was conceived and Katzenberg is a dick and made it about himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, there was actually a different director to start with. Originally, George Scribner was the original director, and Roger Ellers joined into the production later. Scribner ended up leaving the production because he disagreed with turning the film into a musical. He had intended to make a documentary-like film. God, could you imagine? Has he never seen a Disney movie? Not making a musical? It's a good thing he left. We don't need that kind of negativity in our lives. If lions aren't singing, I don't care to see them. Right? It began production concurrently with Pocahontas, and the majority of the Disney productions thought Pocahontas was going to be the real hit. So most of the top- Pocahontas was very well received, but I don't think it's quite the iconic classic that The Lion King the is. The Lion King tripled what Pocahontas did. Okay, well, I was Like, they did three times as well as Pocahontas did. But most of the top animators ended up going to Pocahontas. Jump ship. Huh? They just they were like, mm, that one looks like it's gonna be better. I'm going there instead. Um, but most of the, so most of the animators on this were an, animators who were new to being leads of an animation and what behind the ears animators. Yeah, and most of the story artists didn't think the movie was gonna be any good either. Most people on this production Damn. did not think this was going to be a good movie. That's cool as hell. They're all like, well, it's a paycheck. Um, so I, either I feel that though, good for them. Right? Take it out, get that money. 
Most of the animators were either doing their first major work supervising a character or just really wanted to draw animals. That's sweet. So you know what? You know, if you just want to draw some lines, good for you. Producer Thomas Schumacher joined the production for the incredibly valid reason of lions are cool. I respect that. That's a quote on Wikipedia from him. I respect that. Yeah, like... This guy Lions was are cool. probably like 24, he's stoned out of his mind, and he's like, fuck it. Lions are great. I like lions. The first script, and this is all from a Mental Floss article called 30 Facts About the Lion King. The first script was titled King of the Beasts or The King of the Jungle, even though the jungle, in a jungle is not in Kenya or wherever it's set. Kenya. And portrayed Scar as a lion who was unrelated to Simba and who serves as the head of a group of vicious baboons, which is fucking terrifying because baboons will kill you. They sure they will. They will kill you. They, will kill they don't you give dead. a shit. Their butts are red and they're angry. I think I like that they switched it to Scar being family. It, it definitely adds a little depth to it. I, I think it's a really quick and easy here is why this guy is upset. When it's, it's just like an Ursula thing, because, you know, Ursula is supposed to be Triton's sister. Oh, I did not know that. Well, it just does make sense because she's an octopus and he's not, but whatever. One of them could be adopted. gloss over that. But I think it's it's a really quick, easy, almost like visual cue of like, this is a bad guy. And it's a really quick, easy reason for why. Like, he wants that power. Yeah, he's pissed. He's pissed. If it was just some other random lion, it'd be kind of like, okay, sure. Well, because cause we talked about this a little bit. Oh, we talked about it earlier today. We we don't know who's the father of all the other cubs because we don't know how. Oh, we'll get into that. Lions work, but wouldn't Scar not have been hanging around? No, he would have gone off to find some other pride or steal some pride from a different lion. Again, my zoology degree was a long time ago, so I, don't I wonder remember. what the like ratio of male to female lion cubs is. I don't know because I feel like. That's not a sustainable model if you have a fairly balanced... Yeah, somebody should definitely talk to them about how their hierarchy is working. (laughs) Get your shit together, (laughs) Alright, listen, you fucking lion idiots. The Pride Lands are modeled on the Kenyan National Park. Are there waterfalls there? Are there waterfalls in the movie? Yes. I made a note about it. There are waterfalls in Circle of Life, and I thought to myself, where are there waterfalls in Africa? I'm sure they're somewhere. Google it. Ass, my computer's all the way over there. You're on a fucking iPad. Thoughts about your tone right now. The crew visited in order to better be able to animate it. Art director Andy Gaskell said, We wanted audiences to sense the vastness of the savannah and to feel the dust and breeze swaying through the grass. And I think they really succeeded in that. It does have a very natural feel. Yeah. Like, in a way that a lot of the other movies that we've watched don't have, it feels vast. In a way that, like, Robin Hood doesn't it's feel It's very sweeping. Sweeping, and it feels like a very, clearly, like, it's just an animated Pride Land. It's an yes. animated savanna. It's not an idealistic version of something. It's just this African setting. Generic African setting. Generic African setting. Jim Fowler, a renowned wildlife expert, brought an assortment of lions and other animals to the studio for the animators to study. That must have been a fun day at the studio. I remember in on the VHS, the big puppy VHS, the puppy crinkle box, the puppy crinkle box. They had a little, very short making of thing beforehand, and they showed a shot of uh, the cat of like the lion hanging out in the studio. 
So I used to work on photo shoots, and when it was puppy day, those were the best days. Because they'll bring in like 12 puppies for one shot of a puppy. Because you never know which puppy is going to be on that day. There are a bunch of waterfalls in Kenya. I just Well, there you go. One of them is called Kenya Waterfalls. I bet there's a different name that is actually the name of it to the people of Africa. I don't see why that would be. Um, There's definitely not white people being like, hmm, Kenya, waterfall, done. More than 600 artists, animators, and technicians contributed to The Lion King. Most of them were lions. Most of them were lions. You really have to get into the thick of it. Um, Weeks before the release of the movie, the 1994 Northridge earthquake shut down the studio and the animators had to work from home. Man, that's like the dream, isn't it? Oh, there was an earthquake, so you guys can't come in for a few weeks. Guess you'll have to work at home. I feel like if you're an animator, you might not have, like, the space and stuff to do all of that. Because it's a lot of... It's California. Everyone has a pool table, right? Oh, okay. So you lock right. your kids in their room, you pour yourself a Malibu and Coke, and you get to work. I remember reading... I can't remember what where I found it from or who. It might have been Don Han. Dan? Don Han? I hope his name is Don Han. <laughs> I think it might be Don, Don Han. Han. the comic I Mon. definitely have a note about it somewhere. Um, But he... Was talking about how they were, like, going around to the different house- houses of the animators to, like, drop things off and pick up I pieces. I hope people and... were bringing, like, Subway and shit. I hope so, yeah. Like, please feed your you poor remember, animators. Was it Hardee's that had the sourdough sandwiches? Do you remember those? With, like, not the big, thick-cut sourdough bread? It sounds I great. I do not know why that's in my mind, but I'm either. sure some of them brought those giant sourdough I... sandwiches. Dear animators of the Lion King, we hope you got some good sandwiches. Call in. Let us know if you got those big sourdough sandwiches. We should set up a Google phone number so people can call us. I want Hardee's. I don't eat meat. I really want Hardee's right now. There's you just ate one a shit Paul. ton of meat at the casino. <sighs> you lost, sent me a picture so of that meat. It was so good. My favorite was just the big pile of chips and, like, gross cheese and taco meat. It was just really hit the spot. We were up until 3 a.m. Good for you. Can you imagine? No. It was terrible. His name is Don Han. Or Don Han? It's H-A-H-N. I'm going to call him Don Han, the animator mon. (laughs) He's a producer, but sure. The producer mon, whatever. It's a little good joke. Don Han explained this movie to his sister as... Sort of Moses and Joseph meet Elton John and Hamlet in Africa. That's funny. The screenwriter, Irene, I think it's Irene Mechie, or Mechie, said in The Making of the Lion King that the idea for the movie was first presented to her as, quote, Hamlet in Africa with Bambi thrown in. So, Bamblet. Bamblet. <laughs> Which is absolutely what they should have called it. God, why didn't they call it Bamblet? That would have been great. Mm-hmm. Disney did 11 test screenings of this. I have no idea, like, what an average number of test screenings is, but 11 feels like a lot. That seems pretty high. I feel like you hear about one movie having one test screening. Well, I think every movie does test screenings. Sure. But, yeah, this was a lot. But, again, I think that they really didn't think this was going to be a good movie. I thought they thought this was going to be a flop of a movie. Maybe before the 11 test screenings, it wasn't a good movie. Maybe. Maybe you're right. It was just the opening scene. It did, however, turn out to be the best-selling home video. Yeah. With over 30 million VHS tapes sold. I had one. I did, too. In the creepy puppy box. (laughs) The creepy puppy box. I I bet my mom still has those. My mom does. My mom has all of ours. She's really upset because her VCR is dying. 
Ours died. We have VHSs. We don't have any VCRs. They're, you know how expensive it is to get a VCR now? They're pricey. They're ridiculous. Do you know how much that Betamax up there was that I bought as a joke? Why did you? you uh, why? Because Will loves dead media. Again, why are he and Connor not friends? Again, I don't know. Because Connor also loves dead media. They're both shy. They're but Will hates sports. That's okay. Connor's got a lot of other dumb interests. He's at Cats right now. He found a showing of it in Lakeville. He went to Lakeville to see Cats? To see an 8.30 showing of Cats. The movie? Because it's the only thing showing anymore. Yeah, that's what he's Isn't doing. Isn't Lakeville a long ways away? I don't know. I feel like it is. Is he okay? No. But he really wanted to see Cats and he never got around to it. He could have just hung out with us. He could have, this but... This is way better than going to cats. No, he was into it. But he makes a habit of liking terrible things. Oh, it's only like 20 miles away. It's not that far. But it's just That's south pretty, of... Af- 20 miles is not a short amount It's of 20 distance. miles from your house right now. It's just south of Apple Valley, so it's not that far from our house. I mean, it's far, but it's not super far. Apparently, they kept changing the dialogue so much that animator Andreas Deja said, One day, I just ran away. I said, I can't deal with this. When you know what scenes are going to be in the movie and what aren't, you tell me, and I'll come back and animate for you. I've been there. It must suck to be an animator, especially in the time of, like, hand animating. Yeah, like, for sure. Like, you draw the scene, and you're like, oh, we changed all the dialogue. You have to change everything. When I was in leadership in my old job at a large natural food chain that might might be owned by a guy that i hate and have mentioned on this episode before repeatedly um i I very much towards the end of it got to the point where i was like you guys fucking figure it out and let me know what you want me to do so i feel you andreas deja i totally feel you i'll be over here when you know what the fuck is up, you let me know and I'll work with you, but I am not sticking around for this shit show. Right, because, like, everything that they say is... I hate Whole Foods. ...specifically animated. Like, to to submit right. a scene and then be like, oh, we changed the dialogue. You just have to fucking redraw that whole thing. That's not easy. Or have Jonathan Taylor Thomas re-record it and, you know, his voice is probably right in the middle of changing. It was. It was. This movie was dubbed in Zulu which is the only African language aside from Arabic to be used for a feature-length Disney dub. In a shocking turn of events, they actually went to South Africa to find Zulu actors. So, is Zulu the, like, first or secondary language of South Africa? Because Afrikaans is the first one, right? You know, I'm not sure. I didn't actually look up where that okay. fell in the things. I, I mean, the other thing side of that is that Africa is very large, and there are lots of languages. Um... I'm kind of surprised that there aren't more dubs of yeah, Disney movies sure. in different languages like this. Because, like, I don't know. It's just wild to me. Africa's a very, very large continent. And it is not the backwater tiny village that history books want you to think it is. Hashtag colonialism. Uh, scumps to the Foley guys for making my ears hurt when Scar scrapes the wall with oh, his yeah, claws. That was real problematic. Like I could feel that cringing my entire yeah. spine. Yep. While it was generally regarded as a great film when it was released, there were a few reviewers that were wrong. The staff of TV Guide thought it offers a less mes- memorable song score. What? Please. You're still singing Hakuna Matata in your head. The New Yorker's Terrence Rafferty thought it served up soothingly banal music numbers and silly rambunctious comedy. So they, God forbid from a children's movie. Right, God forbid we have just a little bit of silly fun mm. and quirky 
catchy music numbers. Cast and crew? What a great cast. Oh, God. I feel like this is the first movie that had, like, a really all-star cast totally. thing. Because before this, like, Robin Williams did Aladdin. Yes. And before that, it was kind of the rotating cast of Disney voice actors yep. who just did a bunch of Disney act videos. Yep. So this is the first one. Like, you have fucking... Well, I've made a list here somewhere. I have a bunch, yeah. Yeah, this one just has a ton of big names. Matthew Broderick, Jeremy Irons, Jeremy, James Earl Jones, Nathan Lane, Whoopi Goldberg, Cheech Martin, Rowan Atkinson, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Like, damn. One of the actors who isn't a huge name, and I talked about him before, I think in the Aladdin episode, is Jim Cummings. Yes. Who is a, let's call him a repeat offender Ooh. in Disney Renaissance movies. What I wrote was, Jim Cummings, a prominent character actor in voice production, acted as Ed the Hyenas, the one who won't stop laughing, the gopher who says news from the underground, oh, yeah, yeah. and he's the singing voice of Scar for the final third of the song, Be Prepared, because Jeremy Irons damaged his voice during recording, just from being too sexy. He just went too fucking hard. Cummings also appeared in Aladdin as the head of the Royal Guards, or Razul. Pocahontas is Chief Powhatan, several roles in Hercules, including Nessus the Rapist River God, and as far as I can tell, he has voiced Winnie the Pooh and Tigger since 1997, which is a long time. That's a long time. That's a long time. Also, this is a fun fact, so James Earl Jones voiced Mufasa, and uh, Madge Sinclair, who voiced Sarabi, played the an African king and queen together in the 1988 Eddie Murphy comedy Coming to America, which is a great movie. It is a great movie. And it's the 80s, so like there are just boobs everywhere for no reason. Yeah. Because they were like, fuck it, why not? <laughs> Let's do that. It's the 80s. It's We'll, we'll slap an R rating on it and have tits all over the place. <laughs> tits for everyone. For no reason. For no fucking reason. So if you like those, just watch that movie. It's also just a fun movie. It is a really good movie. Even if tits aren't your thing. Even if. Even but, if. But, you know, they probably are. It's hard not to be into them. Everyone likes good boobs. Everyone likes good boobs. Nathan Lane and Ernie Sabella originally auditioned for Zazu and one of the hyenas, respectively. They recorded together as hyenas, and the directors found them so hilarious that they cast them as Timon and Pumbaa. Like, they thought that they were so funny, they had to be... Bigger. Isn't that the dream? Just like, you know what? We don't want you for this role, but you're so funny. We're going to like create other ones for you. I don't think they were created for them. I think they were just like, yep, you guys are these two instead. Also, I think when you're Nathan Lane in the late 90s or early 90s, you don't have to worry about that so much. The hyenas were originally supposed to be Cheech and Chung. You know, However, actually, when we watched it last night, because I had my boyfriend watch the movie with me as I was making notes, he had no idea that was Cheech. Yeah. And he was like, man, what was Disney thinking? Like, scraping the barrel. Like, can we get the marijuana guy from, like, the 1980s? That was movie? the goal, though. They wanted Cheech and Chong. Unfortunately, only Cheech was available to actually do it. Right, because Chong was so busy with his other endeavors. Sure. And so they ended up getting Whoopi Goldberg. Which, I don't think I ever realized that was Whoopi Goldberg. I don't know why. Because, Are you serious? Yeah. It never occurred to me that that's her. She's fucking great. She's amazing. She's so good. I love the oh, You didn't know that was Whoopi? That's no, for so some reason, funny. that just had never clicked for me. Uh, Matthew Broderick had no idea that Moira Kelly played Nala until the premiere. Do you think it's weird that he didn't do the singing voice, considering he was later in The Producers with Nathan Lane? He's not a great singer, he's not but a great he is singer. a singer. But I don't think I don't think he could have pulled it off. 
only well now we'll never know. Now we'll never know. But I mean, he like in the producers, he's not great. He just wants to be a producer and sleep until half past two. Don't we all? Is that the line? I don't know. I don't remember. I saw it once. I don't like that much. Me either. <laughs> but yeah, like so, I mean, it's it's the nature of animation that you don't always record with your other cast members but to, i hate i kind of hate that though i know right like, i feel be, like it's fake like we literally are sitting and facing like each other singing meerkat was fake because <laughs> if we're not facing each other we don't feel like we're actually talking i know <laughs> so we can't do it that's like, true we would, we would never be able to do this podcast. i would have to serenade you face to face or i would just feel like I, w- I was phoning it in like we would never be able to do this remotely because we wouldn't see each other how would we have a podcast if we can't talk to each other face to face i know uh, but like i feel like not even knowing who your fellow cast members are yeah. That's a that's a strip. Matthew Broderick, just pay better attention. Jeremy Irons was concerned about doing a comedic role following his dramatic performance as Klaus von Bulow in Reversal of Fortune. He was totally right, because I have never heard of Reversal of Fortune. This movie was so big, I can't believe we never heard of it. It was him and Glenn Close. It's based on a true story about a guy who, I think, as the cops... A guy who I'm pretty sure poisons his wife, so she's in like a um a permanent vegetative state. Dick. Yeah, no, he's a huge asshole. But it's it was a big scandal in the eighties or nineties and it they it was it was a movie. It was a big deal. Okay, so if it came out before Lion King. Yes. So it was what, early nineties this came out? Late eighties, early nineties. So I was like five. I'm not saying I saw it when I was three. No, but I'm like younger than you. I can only keep up so much, Allie, and I can't keep up with movies from when I was five. I'm gonna look it up. When did it come Please out? Please do. Reversal of Fortune because he married into her wealth. It came out in 1990. So I was five. And oh, he won a Best Actor for it. Good for at him. At the Oscars, so it was never a big heard deal. Well, I'm not. Animation? I think you had more to say about that than me. I always have more to say about that than you. That's true. Go ahead. Uh, So I think the most staggering and impressive fact of animation is the wildebeest stampede. Mm -hmm. It took five animators more than two years to make a two and a half minute scene. Didn't the shipwreck scene in Little Mermaid take a similar amount of time? I don't know. I haven't researched that one yet. We're coming for you. But yeah, so the Wildebeest one was done in computer animation. Right. And it, I just, can you imagine spending two years just on this one little itty bitty scene? It is pretty, uh, I would imagine that was pretty, um, what's the word for it? Demoralizing to be working on something that brief. I feel like a year, a minute, that's pretty bad. It's not a great rate. Um, I feel like you're not good at your job if that is how fast you're going. I don't know. This is like the advent of... This is pre-Gollum. Again, pre-Gollum. Pre-Gollum. So Dark time. It, it, they were still figuring shit out. But I feel like it's probably... Some of it is a personality trait. I feel like people who get into computer animation like this handle dealing with the same material for very long periods of time. Yeah, you gotta block that out. Because it just... Especially at that point when it wasn't nearly as advanced as it is today... That's a lot of fucking work to make yeah. that all happen. Yep. Even copying and pasting the wildebeest, like, that's crazy pants. We, when we were watching the movie last night, there's the moment after the elephant graveyard 
scene where Simba steps into Mufasa's footprint and Will loves to yell the word symbolism during movies. <laughs> so that happened. He went, that's symbolism. And I said, that's Simbaism. Simbaism. And he laughed really hard. It's a bad, <laughs> bad pun. And he said, he said we, should name the, we should name the episode Simbaism. And I like when I make my boyfriend laugh, so. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. You, you know, you said this earlier, and I didn't get it at first. I was like, okay. Well, now I get it, though. It's very it's funny. It's in context now, so it makes it's, more it's sense. It's in context, and it's very funny. Also, I wrote this down. So I'm actually taking a geology class this semester because it checked a couple boxes in my requirements. So maybe I'll be able to answer this later. But what geological disaster is taking place during Be Prepared because... The earth is shifting in pretty dramatic ways. Pretty dramatic. I feel... Why are things raising 40 feet in the air? Symbolism? Symbolism? What does that mean? His star is on the rise? But it's not. It doesn't go well for him. He, st- he still rises for a while. physics. What is happening? How come more people aren't dead? If it's rising that far, are we talking about like lava coming up? Like, where's the magma? Again, I haven't taken my class yet, so people who are geologists, please feel free to weigh in. Please let us know the implications of this. That's all. We'll touch base on this again when Ellie finishes her geology class. I'll be back in 16 weeks. (laughs) Put it in the calendar. (laughs) I think one of the really cool bits of animation for this one is the sequence when Simba is singing Just Can't Wait to Be King. Mm -hmm. They deliberately kind of switch into a very artistic style yes it felt kind of like fantasia to me with the backgrounds with the backgrounds and the, the color blocking and it's not fitting into the realities of the movie or yep. whatever the, like the reality that the movie is and it's it makes it more fantasy like it makes it more fantasy like it allows it to have I, I guess more choreography and more interest visually during that song like you have a fucking tower of animals yeah and then at the end it slams back into the reality of the movie with the rhinoceros sitting on top of Zazu. <laughs> and it goes back to just, you know, the yeah. pale greens of the Sahara. It's very fantastical. It sure is. I, I really like the animation of this movie. I think it's, like we touched on this earlier, the, they, they were trying to aim for that vastness of the Sahara. And I yes. feel like they really hit that. It feels like a very big world that we're seeing. Very wide. Wide yep. and just expansive and... There's clearly parts of it that we don't see because it's so big. One of the things that I noticed when I was watching it last night is some of the, like, they have a lot of really big sweeping shots across the plains where you kind of just see a lot of it. And one of the really cool things was to kind of give a scale, I guess, you can see the shadows of the clouds moving over. Yeah. They definitely made it very scenic, very... They incorporated the weather. They it felt real. A specific word for it, but I can't think of what it is. It felt really real in a way yes. that some animated films don't quite feel very real. Like I feel like Pocahontas doesn't quite feel like a real location. That's why it made three times less money than the Lion King. That's why it failed. Um, Whereas I feel like Lion King really does feel like it's set in a place. Mm -hmm. Which I think is, you know, the benefit of visiting that location. Right. You can base things on pictures all you want and imagine things is all you want. But seeing it is never going to be... It's different when you have the context for it. It's always going to be better to have seen it 
another part of it that really kind of added to that realism is the dust. Mm-hmm. Like the way the dust is yeah. incorporated into this and used and just the way it's animated, it just feels like it could have really easily been overdone. It's weirdly realistic. It's weirdly realistic for hand animated dust. This movie is kind of a, an odd combination of these fantastical sweeping epic backgrounds and these really subtle touches and realistic touches i feel like they switched to a musical but still managed to keep some of that nature documentary feel yeah totally i think they animated the lions really well i kind of get into that later (laughs) (laughs) um well it's just like there's the scene when like Mufasa goes jumping off and it just it feels like a very the movement is very realistic realistic very it has that graceful easy power right that like a giant cat cats have but there is also the design of Scar who doesn't look like an actual lion like I remember when the live action quote live action Lion King came out there's this big uproar because Scar didn't have a black mane. Lions don't have fucking black manes. It was clearly added because black means bad and he was a bad lion. Right. So there's that very... Easy color symbolism. Right. There's that very easy symbolism that was incorporated into his design. Again, children's movie. Gotta make that shit easy yeah, for Yeah, I dummies. left out my boyfriend's long rant about how he was offended by how simplistic the language was in this movie. He's 34. This movie is made for four-year-olds, so... But I, he's not wrong. No, but it's again... It's definitely heavy-handed in some parts. It's not the best written of scripts, but I I feel like I always miss that because I'm drawn into other bits. Like, the songs are great. Yes. And the animation is really beautiful, so it's... I don't always realize that I'm being talked down to via Did I dialogue. talk about the video game yet in the podcast? No, but we'll get there. That's in adaptations. Oh, that's right. Don't worry, I got this shit organized. Sorry. My last note that I have in animation is that I do not remember the fight between Simba and Scar being in slow motion. Oh, yeah. It's real great, isn't I, it? It's just funny because I watch this movie all the time. So what that probably just means is that I was super fucking into it. Yeah, you weren't even paying attention. I was like, so the into it and I didn't realize. And the fact that it was in slow motion just felt great. Um, so, yeah, I was watching. I was like, why is this in you slow motion? You were feeling it in slow motion. This one doesn't suffer as much from the transfer to high definition i think that's because it's not subtle it's very boldly colored it's very like primary colors and um yeah and i think some of it too is one of the things i read about for the animation is that they really did a lot of almost like camera focus Mm -hmm. terms is what they use so like they had a lot of pulled focus from things so there are spots where our foreground like it looks over the shoulder of the lions and the lions get kind of blurred out and we're focusing on things and having i think those vast sweeping landscapes make it pretty easy for your child mind to your child mind (laughs) and for like your foreground animations to not feel as yes separated there was some i did i did notice a couple times being like i think it was just like even right at the beginning when that little mouse is yes trying to survive his encounter with scar and i was like oh that looks very separated like that foreground it's animation, much, background much, animation. We talked about that earlier. It's much more saturated, like a video game, and you see an item. Yeah, and, you and that's pick up. that's something that I'm used to from older ones, and I don't it's remember. It's very old school. I don't remember feeling that as much 
from the Lion King before, so that just might be a pros- a problem because of the Probably. HD stuff. Yeah. But I mean, I think once I got into it, I stopped noticing that as much. But again, it just could have been. Well, it was normal when we were kids, and now that's very rare. Well, and I don't think it movies. showed up quite as much. I don't think that. The... Oh, I think it did. Do you? I do. I think I don't know if the Lion King one did. Older ones, yes. Okay. Because they were literally like three times brighter than the background. Right, exactly. Because the background animators didn't talk know. to the foreground animators, I guess. I guess that I was lumping it in with that because I, I remember that being a thing yeah. when I was a kid and watching animated movies. They were like, like oh, always, that's the cup they're going to pick up. Right, you always knew something was going to be important. And again, that's like exactly like how I how I play video games. If right. something isn't glowing, I ignore it. It doesn't fucking count. Are there sparks coming off it? If, cool. We'll if, check it out. If not, leave that shit behind. It's going in my bag. Songs. Songs. I think these are great songs. I think so. They're I think, pretty probably consistently like the best song. I'm I mean. trying to think if there's any that I was like, mm. but no, I don't think, I think they're all really solid. They're all really good. I mean, I'm sure and that, there aren't too many of them. There was like four. Yeah, there aren't four a whole lot five. of songs. Yeah. Um, there were more songs written, I think, but they didn't all end up yeah. being put in. I just, I, I don't know. There's something, these are still the songs that like, who doesn't sing Hakuna Matata to themselves every once in a while? Will actually asked me last night if it means something, and I was able to say, it means no worries or no problems in Swahili. Legit. Because I looked it up, you so did. I didn't answer right away. You were prepared. I, I was. The opening lyrics, I'm for sure going to butcher these. Nans inganamya yam, no. Nans inganyama Bagathi Baba Sita Um Inganyama Nailed it. From Circle of Life literally translates to Here Comes a Lion, Oh Yes, It's a Lion, which is just funny. Like that with Simba being lion as well. He like they did not give a shit. They're like, yeah, people. Yeah, I don't think we've mentioned that yet. Simba just means lion. It means lion. It means lion. What does it mean? It means what does Mufasa mean? Ah, who knows? Who cares? Simba means lion. Tim Rice is back as lyricist with some banger songs. Yeah. Um, he agreed to come back on the condition of finding a composing partner, as Menken was unavailable. He had originally invited Abba. To collaborate. Can what you imagine shame. Lion King with ABBA songs? God, I wish I knew what those were. He is the Lion King. <laughs> That's all I have. But it fell through due to timing conflicts. conflicts. <laughs> the fact that they were ABBA and it was 1994. Uh, you know what? I would have I would have been into it. I know. But the producers accepted his suggestion of Elton John. But I still desperately want to know what the Lion King sounds like with Abba. That's in power when you're like, mm, I want Abba, but I'll take Elton John. I and guess. And Disney's like, whatever you want, dude. Like, I guess Elton John will do. You want Freddie Mercury? We'll raise him from the dead. Yeah, let's do it, bro. There was a additional song that wasn't in the movie originally called The Morning Report, which we kind of touched on earlier. Yeah, it's um, the special edition. It was started by Elton John, but it was scrapped for the original movie. It was added into the stage show and later released on the special edition. It's not good. <laughs> Allie says it's stupid. I don't like it. Um, I you know I watched it on YouTube and I didn't like it either. And because no. like for the special edition, they literally had animators come back and animate it. Yes. And but it wasn't voiced with the original actors. It wasn't Rowan Atkinson. No, he was not singing it. 
And the singing voice for oh, that's nuts. Simba was not that because he couldn't. He had a conflict, or maybe he had gotten too old and he didn't sound like that anymore. That might have mm. been it, because you know, children grow. That's a thing. But yeah, it wasn't a great song, and it like like we talked about, it kind of detracted from that father son moment. Yeah, it totally did. And again, Rowan Atkinson had a bunch of really great lines that got just ruined by this stupid song that contributed nothing. I hate this song. I have very strong feelings. Very it's stupid. Strong. Strong. I was un- unanticipatedly strong feelings. Stupid. It was stupid. You're right. You're not wrong. Thank you. The songs were reworked up until the production's end. Tim Rice flew to California at least once a month because the songs needed to work into the narrative. They are very, like, specific songs. They're not just throwaway songs. And they were apparently the songs were pinned up to the storyboards during development. Cutaway. So, did you ever watch Buffy? No. I watched a couple. So, I don't remember the season, but there was a musical episode. Yes, I have heard of this. And Joss Whedon wrote all the songs for it, and they're it's really impressive in that all the songs move the story along. They're just, they're not just random. Yeah. So he spent like a year or two writing them. You'd have to. And surprised Fox or whoever was doing rock at the time with that. So that's not like a small thing. Writing songs that your actors can sing that are good songs and then actually contribute to the plot. Also, how have you never watched Buffy? Uh, you know, I didn't watch it when it was originally airing. Me either. Well, because but then I didn't. I don't know. I just haven't gone back to it. You would love it. I maybe. I don't know. You look. I've known you for twelve years. You would love Buffy. Okay. Well, I've I, still never seen the last episode because I don't want it to end. I've done that with Pushing Daisies. I have not watched the finale of it. I didn't like that show. Oh fuck you, Allie. We can't Sorry. be friends anymore. That's, That's such okay. a fucking good I show. Understand. How do you not like that show? I'm not a big Lee Pace fan. You know who loves Lee Pace? You're fan? not a Lee Pace fan. Fiona. Yeah, I know. Believe me, I lent her Lee season Pace. two of Pushing Daisies. I know. Isn't he in uh, The Hobbit? He's one of the elves. I love. Bendy Dick Cucumber Patch, and you don't seem to like. He's alright. I'm mostly just bored by him. The soundtrack was released on April 27th, 1994, and it was the best, fourth best-selling soundtrack album of the year, and the only out- animated soundtrack to be certified Diamond, which is apparently ten times platinum. Which is what? A million records sold. Uh, my last note on songs is about The Lion Sleeps Tonight, which Timon and Pumbaa sing. For like mm-hmm. a hot second yep. while they're walking around. While apt, it caused some issues with Solomon Linda, who originally con- composed the song in 1939. The family sued for $1.6 million in royalties. They settled with Abilene Music, which is the worldwide rights holder in 2006 for an undisclosed amount. So that was tied up for 12 years. Yep. That's crazy. Lawyers make things take forever. Man, that's insane. I mean, yeah, like, and but they did this. They did the song again in the live action one with Billy Eichner and fucking Seth Rogen. I mean, I hopefully they figured it out by that point. Otherwise, we're gonna little... try it again. <laughs> It'll tie, be tied up in court for another twelve years. It'll work just fine. Hmm. So I don't exactly remember adding this because we started the Lion King notes several months ago, but a in my. My addition to the social commentary and problematic notes, a hyena researcher tried to sue Disney for defamation of the animal's character. (laughs) 
I don't know if that's true, but I really hope it is. I know there was a note in the Wikipedia about, uh, I, I don't know if it was the same hyena researcher or a different one who... I hope it was a different one. There's a <laughs> bunch of them. Well, I think it was the hyena, because it was whoever worked at the zoo where the animators went to like study animals. Yeah. And he, he was mostly joking about, like, how it created a bad image for hyenas and how they should boycott the Lion King. But it was clearly indicated as, like, he was joking. I wouldn't put it past people to be honestly offended on the hyena's behalf. That's true. I mean, Have you ever seen a hyena? They're fucking creepy as they hell. Are. Their they mouths sure. get so big. When Aren't they the them. ones that have the jaws that could, like, crush your entire bones? I feel like most African mammals could do that. But, but they're, like, more... Yeah. Yeah. They have the like capacity to crush something like twenty four hundred pounds or whatever. That's ridiculous. You know what? I'd rather be attacked by one of those because you'll die right quick, away. Right? Yeah. Just get it over with. Don't make me suffer. Uh, that opposed to like, I don't know, a rabid child who'll die slowly. A rabid child? Yep. Kids aren't strong at all. But if they're rabid, they won't stop. Tear you to pieces slowly. I don't know. I don't have a kid. How do they work? <laughs> I'm gonna call they're... this episode Simbaism and Rabbit Children. They're pretty strong, right? Yeah, that's how it works. You're Abby's third stepmother because <laughs> she kept killing the other ones. <laughs> Did I just not know about the other ones? I'm sorry, that's how you found out. Oh, okay. Despite, you know, having literally known her since she was born, but okay. Yeah, Connor's very sneaky. Yeah, apparently can't believe he went to let you go to watch cats i respect that so hard <laughs> i can i can absolutely believe that's what he did I'm just i just really have a ton of respect for him right now he's living it he's <laughs> living it he's not faking it this is who no, he is he is man he is my hat's himself. off to you my dude there is the much discussed word in the clouds no oh, sex yes it's they... it's not it's not sex Okay, I looked at a picture of it, and I'll put a picture up on Twitter of it again. Yeah, sure. It is absolutely sex. The claim by animator Tom Sitto is that it actually says SFX standing for special effects. So what she's talking about, in case you don't know, is right before it was... I really feel like I'm speaking to the hardcore Disney fans who have these movies memorized. All so zero of the them Lion that are listening King, to this. In The Lion King. Right after... Right after, damn it, <laughs> right after Simba has the conversation with Timon and Pumbaa about what stars are made of, he like wanders up by himself all emo and sad with his big mane and his, by the way, Brad Pitt parted hair in the front. So we're talking real early 90s shit. 90s hair. He flops down on a cliffside and shit that ends up going to Rafiki, and that's how he finds the Simba's alive. Like, there was this big rumor that the cloud of debris spelled out sacks, which, like, get a hobby. I'm going to disagree with this, because, Stop. let me tell you, it looks like it. it I'm so mad at you right now. <laughs> It absolutely looks like sex. I think any anime would be like, oh no. I see Oh no. It looks, it's SFX. It's just an animator thing. That's bullshit. That's a bunch of dudes who are like, I wonder if I can make it say sex and see if anyone will notice. (laughs) And you know what? We did. We all did. I think that you're buying into their bullshit. I think you're bullshit. It's fair. Rude, but fair. Rude, but fair. Um, Can we talk about the structure of a pride of lions? 
No, because I don't know anything about it. Okay, so... Apparently it's one boy and a bunch of girls. Generally, it's your male lion and a bunch of female lions. That's how it rolls. You don't have a bunch of male lions in a pride. Cool. So what are we talking about with Nala and Simba? So the real question is, who is Nala's father? Oh no, even if it's Scar, that's not good. No. First Cousins is not that much better than Simba's. That's actually not true. It's not much better. It's still illegal in most states. I believe socially it's unacceptable. Look, I don't not, I'm not endorsing this. I'm just saying that biologically. Which one of us is going to Google what states can you marry your cousin (laughs) in? I want that in your search history, not mine. That's fine. There are worse things than it. In what states is it legal to marry your cousin? Oh, she's going Siri with it. Yeah, I feel like typing it in. Cousin marriage law of the United States. Thanks, Wikipedia. Oh, there's a lot of red in here. Okay, it's legal in Alaska. And well, there's Flo- nobody up there, so. Florida. Oh, sure. Uh, it's banned with exceptions here in Minnesota. It's a criminal offense in the Dakotas, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Texas. And that's Criminal it. offense? Criminal offense. Not just illegal? Criminal offense. Huh. The worst one. I know I've read, I can't remember where I read this somewhere, but like in some states, if you're over a certain age, usually like past the age of reproduction. Right. Like, they're like, cares? okay, do what you want. Who Fuck whoever you want. Shit? You want to stick your dick in your cousin? You do you. Totally. Totally. But it doesn't say anything about lions in Africa, so I don't know what the <laughs> law is there. Wikipedia, you have failed us. The point is, I'm surprised it's illegal here. Or it's Ill- it's it's illegal with exceptions in Minnesota. I just like who cares? Don't have kids. That's where I'm. Okay, at. right. Don't like, if you're reproduce. not having kids, it doesn't matter. There was some episode of like the X Files where somebody like fell in with their sister, but it was like they'd been separated for a while or like for their whole lives. They fell in love. I'm like if you know what, if you're not gonna have kids, who gives a shit? No, that's weird. Look, I don't disagree, but also, should it be illegal? Like, let yes. people do what they want. Don't fuck your siblings. Just don't do it. They're going to do what they want. No, don't do it. Don't do I'm it. I'm not saying they should. No one should I don't like where this is going. Cut this whole thing out. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't like how I, I'm sounding in this bit. No, you're coming off very bad in this bit. I'm just saying, you can love your sister or love your sister. <laughs> That's totally saying it. <laughs> Don't fuck your sister. It's disgusting. Go ahead with your s- social commentary. I mean, there's the obvious thing we can pull out. The incredibly terrible fascist Nazi reference. So, it's Nazi, but it's we talked about this last night, too, when we watched it. It's also, like, North Korea or China. Fascism it, Any kind whole. of fascism, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, those that hyenas are- That was part are... of his thing with, like, being heavy-handed, but also, like, as a child- I didn't know. I didn't know that, but I definitely went, hmm, these are the bad guys. Right, exactly. Uh, so at least I've got that going for me. But yeah, like the, the incredible marching of yeah. the hyenas and stuff like that. I don't know that we need to go much deeper than that. Right. Nazis, they're not good. Punch them if you see them. Keep your fist on the outside. or Keep your, your thumb on the outside. Your thumb on the outside or you'll or break it, it when you break. punch someone. Punch every Nazi. Punch them all. This is very superficial after the nazi thing okay should we have saved the nazis for the end no right before i just can't wait to be king 
Simba threatens to fire Zazu, right? Does this mean Zazu was hired? Was there an interview process? What were the questions? What are his typing skills? I know this is really pulling at the threads of this movie. It is. But I, I mean, really want to know. Okay, so how are advisors to royalty in that position? Are they appointed I don't by the know. royalty? How did Jafar get to be the vizier? Well, clearly the or king and the, the sultan advisor. You know what? I, Fuck you. Um, Yzma. Yzma. <laughs> I love that we're making a joke about a thing that we're not even releasing. Because um, I feel like the Sultan is too stupid in Aladdin to have right. really had any say in any of that. But again, Jafar had magic, so that also True. made a difference. And Zazu is, like, very capable. He's not stupid. Sure. He knows his shit. Do you just... think he just showed up and was like, you need some help. I'm going to take care of some shit for you. But maybe, but Mufasa also isn't a dumb no, but he's also like the king. He doesn't Again, have to worry about I really the minutiae feel like of things. This might be the point where we're analyzing it too much because it is a movie about singing animals. I mean, at the same time, like he gets tackled by Simba. Is that in his job description? I that would sucks love for him. to see the list of interview questions and his qualifications. Can he type? Can he dictate? He doesn't have fingers. He. That's why he probably can't type. No, but are there? But he has the beak. Are there? keyboards in it's a great the question probably not so is typing a valuable skill for an advisor <laughs> is mean, that something, he's advising a king is that who something, wouldn't want a typer but would you put your typing speed on your resume for the king of the animals if there was no typewriters yes because they wouldn't know what that meant and it would sound impressive i feel like you're not supposed to put shit on your resume that no one knows what it means You've clearly never held a job before. Clearly. I'm a great astrophysicist in all my real-deal jobs. I hate my life. Go ahead. Uh, to get on a little more serious track again, the hyenas have been seen as reflecting negative stereotypes of black and Latino ethnic communities. Right. Uh, given that they make up the majority of the people of color actors in this movie, uh-huh. outside of some of the singing voices, you mean you've got Cheech and you've got Whoopi Goldberg, like yeah, making them these characters that are just comical, autom- comically and and comically bad guys. Like they're just the bad ones. And this is another thing. I think I made another note. Yeah, Mufasa is all about equality throughout the kingdom, except for the hyenas. Fuck those guys. Well, they're not part of the kingdom though. But why? Because they're hyenas. Fuck why? them. Because they're in the elephant graveyard. Why are they why are they banished to the elephant graveyard? Because they're black and Latino people. We are I mean, so it's it's can be read as an allegory for white racism and xenophobia. You have this these are the perfect pretty people and those ones are no good. They have to go live in the elephant graveyard. But the argument can be made that so Jeremy Irons is the white British guy who's evil, and then you have Sarabi, Madge, I don't remember her last name, Madge something, and James Earl Jones, who are the people Sinclair, of Col- Madge, Sinclair, Sinclair, Madge Sinclair, who's Sarabi, and James Earl Jones, who is Mufasa, as the people of color, and I don't remember the guy who plays Rafiki, but he's also a person of color. Okay, but a black guy. I feel like you're stretching pretty hard here. But they're like 
at the top of the food chain, and then there's, like, I don't Hyenas know. Hyenas are not the bottom of the food chain. All of those fucking animals that show up at the beginning of the movie for the goddamn circle of life and the Simba reveal are the bottom of the food so, chain. So, Will likes to point out that apparently in The Lion King 1.5 or whatever, it turns out that they're all kneeling because Pumbaa walks by and farts, which I feel really takes away from the symbolism. It really removes some of the value from He's that. He's a mood killer, I'm gonna say. God, Will. When but... you listen to this, fuck, dude, come on. I love you. But yeah, like... it's. But we also talked about this when we went to see the new Lion King, which we didn't like, because no. it wasn't good. Like, as two white women, yep. is this an okay thing to say? Is a movie set in Africa, but featuring animals, but featuring a predominantly black cast is that good representation i think that if representation as a whole were better it would be a good thing but it's hard when we don't have like other movies that are predominantly people of color casts (sighs) lion royal lion sibling rivalry yes prince john king richard robin hood hate each other at least john hates richard Right. Richard seems to be pretty Neutral. ambivalent well, towards his cares? brother. Like, his brother's dick. So, kind of the same, though. Like, Mufasa clearly doesn't like Scar. But he doesn't really... It More it feels like he's just like, oh yeah, he's there, whatever. Right, but Scar hates Mufasa. Hates him. So, is lion royalty sibling rivalry a thing? I mean, it must be. Is it gonna come up but again? I mean, Okay, so then it leads back to the nature of lions. If you don't have more than one male lion in a pride, do you just automatically have rivalries between your male brother lions? Did the animators and writers and voice actors bring up natural selection and shit? Who knows? Probably not. There are a lot of Disney nature documentaries from like the 50s. Maybe they already know. Like the Lemmings one that was fake? Do you remember that? Yes. Also other ones, but yes. <laughs> There's definitely one about gorillas. Do you think this created another generation of furries? Of course. Yep. We had this conversation earlier with Will. We did. Mufasa, can it, a dilf. Can it be considered a furry if it's not an anthropomorphized version of a lion? Well, so because in my short time on the furry Wikipedia that I ended up on during the Robin Hood episode, it seems to be far-reaching where... They seem to be very inclusive. The furry community appears to be if quite else, inclusive. They're pretty inclusive. Good for them. Good for also, them. Also, they want to fuck animals. Animalistic people. They do. So Mufasa is portrayed as very like strong and handsome. I I mean, as far as a lion goes, sure, sure. Um, Simba, however, he's got very prominent back muscles. He has, again, the Brad Pitt early 90s hair. hair. I feel like they went pretty far out of their way to make the lion attractive. Okay, so that begs the question. Would you fuck the lion? No, No, that is not the question I'm begging. Uh, It begs the question when you're animating a film... How do you determine the attractiveness of your characters in whatever right. form they might be? Sure. As an animal, I would say not at all. I mean, okay, but they have to be distinctive. So, like, he looks... They, they I think they did a good job of making him look like Mufasa while still but being different. a different... Yeah. being Clearly sure. being his son. But, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Who makes the call on how attractive the lion is? 
who wants that role? Who decides that at Disney? Whose job was it to be like? <laughs> who was nope, the person this who was line, like? I want this line to look more like Brad Pitt. It needs like, to be more attractive. Right. Please make this line more attractive. On the other side of that, which animator managed to make the line more attractive? Are you attracted to the line? No. I think we were saying objectively they made an attractive lion. I don't know. I mean, somebody cracked the code and that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> someone figured it out and it's ruined someone, all of our lives. <laughs> someone figured it out. And it severely affected the lives of everybody involved. And that was almost a billion dollars worth of people. It's a lot of people. Okay, so this is an old one. I remember talking about this when I was a kid to people, but assuming that all the animals can communicate, because that's kind of what's implied with, like, cross species. Oh, you have Zazu talking to right, lions. Right, Zazu talking to lions, and there's a gopher, and blah, blah, blah. All the animals sing Can't Just Wait to Be King with him. Right. Who decides who gets eaten? So this is like an explore- exploration into, like, the ecological system that we're morality, diving into. The ecological right. morality. Presumably, yeah. when Scar becomes king, the herds leave, because uh, Sarabi says that, and a we're assuming that that happened because they were dissatisfied with how he was ruling. So, sure. like, fuck this amount. Then when Simba becomes king, they all come back. Right. So all of them at some point were like, I don't want to be eaten by you. I'm alright be eaten by you. Do you think it's a matter of how the eating happens? This is going <laughs> on the rails. <laughs> like, go on. I feel like Scar was probably like, hey, hyenas, go eat whoever the fuck you want. Sure. And Simba was like, let's be sensible about this. Okay, that's a really great question. So as, again, an ecological and zoology expert, I'm going to talk about that a little bit. Please do. So I feel like, as they call it, the circle of life. The circle of life. I don't know. Yeah, that's probably right. I don't have anything. I mean, I don't know. It's Then there's the other side of it is like, if your dinner can talk to you. That's kind of what I'm talking about more. How do you... So I don't eat meat very much anymore. I but do, if, but... if I picked up a salmon and they were like, don't eat me, I'd be like, oh, I'd be like, no, right. I can't eat you. Yeah, please, no, where would you no, like to please. go? You're sentient. Go ahead. But if a salmon was like, just, you can eat meat, I would still be like, nah. Uh, no, no, thank you. If you can talk to me, I don't want to eat you. Even if they were like, I understand how things work in the great cycle of... Circle of life. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's a, that's a really weird implication yeah, of this great. movie. If, yeah, if he's ruling over all these animals and they can all talk and are all... It's more to me that they all came back. Yeah, they're all... Well, but I mean, I suppose in the other planes, you're still going to get eaten by somebody. Maybe an ecologist can tune in. Please email us wtpapod at gmail dot com. Appeal to so many people and so many different branches of life. If only anyone listened to our podcast, and oh, we would well. find them. That's us. Um, we have one last glaring problematic issue to discuss. Go ahead. The child abuse and manipulation and gaslighting. gaslighting. Let's talk about how that's not a great idea. Don't do it. It's a bad idea. So scar has a singular idea in his head. He wants to be king. What does he want to do? What does he want to accomplish? He doesn't really seem to have a clear idea of what no, he wants he to do. he just wants power. He just wants the title. He wants to be king. 
Cersei Lannister style. And once he is king, he just literally destroys the Plied Lands. Like, good for him. They're just, they literally lose all of their grass somehow. <laughs> yeah, that's, well, okay, that's how ecology works. I don't know how to explain it to you. <laughs> it's pretty complicated. But yeah, it, it was a lot creepier, I think, as an adult to watch yeah. this and see it and be like, The oh. gaslighting of the kid was horrible, especially was, yeah. after Mufasa's death. Yeah, like, that was pretty. And, like, Mufasa's death and that stampede are still incredibly emotionally impactful. Yeah. And then his manipulation of Simba is just downright creepy. How much of that is the script and how much of that is Jeremy Irons? Yes. (laughs) Sure. Uh, I mean, like, you can't discount either, I think. Because mm-hmm. clearly the script is what was written, but Jeremy Irons does deliver a real good, creepy totally. line. Totally does. Do you think they meant for that to be an issue? How Do you think not? Disney means for half their shit to be issues? I don't think Disney realizes the symbolism that people read into their shit ever. Mm, they should have seen this they, coming. They made Song of the South. They don't get any passes anymore. Yeah, that's true. So it's like gaslighting. It's... Child abuse. child abuse. I mean, shit, he literally tries to, he murders his brother and tries to have his nephew murdered, but can't follow through on that on his own. He sends the hyenas off to do it. Yeah, who are lazy. Lazy. Good he should them. know that. Being lazy. Good for them. Um. Oh, there's one throwaway line, or not really a throwaway line, I guess, but when Zazu's escorting Nala and Simba to the watering hole and he's like, oh, you're going to be married. Because apparently arranged marriage is a thing in the lion Do you remember the last episode when you were like, do lions get married? No, that was... Oh, yeah, That was Aladdin. Yes, I know. Apparently they do. And there's a ceremony and it's all very legal. Who officiates? Is it Zazu? I mean... Is that part of his duties as the assistant? He would be very good at it. He would be great at it. I'm sure he'd be like... Because who else would you have do it? He'd be like, check all these Oh, I suppose Rafiki, but that would make for a pretty bizarre ceremony because nothing he says is that coherent. I kind of feel like Rafiki is a non-official officiant. Like, he's He's the crazy guy living in a van. He's a shaman, so he knows all the traditional religious shit. Okay. Oh, I wrote about that too, where he's... I wrote down, oh, what kind of tree is he living in? And it's, I believe it's pronounced Baobab. Baobab, yeah. And what kind of fruit is he using to Ash Wednesday <laughs> Simba and then later eat? And it's the Baobab That's fruit. the fruit? I didn't realize the it's Baobab the fruit. Tree had Yeah, fruit. I had to look it up because Will and I are both like, it's not a coconut because no, he's able to, to crack it. And it's not any, but the baobab tree also, or the the baobab fruit also is. Um, it kind of looks like a jackfruit where it has okay. sections in the inside. Sure. But apparently, you can make a jam out of it that tastes like lemon curd. That so awesome. Fuck me up with that. That sounds delicious. Yeah. But it's not what it looks like where he cracks it open okay. and it's like a liquid inside. Anyway, that's that was my baobab tree. This is kind of a throwback to animation, but the mm-hmm. liquids in this movie all look very viscous. Viscous and yeah. succulent. Yep. I, that's something that I I kind of even remember thinking that as a kid, like, wow, those liquids don't look they like look real liquids. <laughs> uh, but they look pretty fucking tasty is what they yep. look like. Yep. Like, I, too, would eat that fruit. Loved a crescent line with that shit. It was great. Crescent line. 
Disney physics. What else? Oh, you kind of started with that. Minus the complaint I have every time I watch this. The rain would not put the fire out that quickly. That's my sister's big complaint about it when we watch this movie as children. Yeah, because she's right. It's weird. Why did it go out that fast? Because it's water on fire. Okay, yeah, but like fires don't just go out that easily. It looked like a pretty torrential downpour. I don't know. Why the rains would suddenly open up like literally as soon as Scar was dead, I cannot tell you. Simbaism. It's Simbaism. <laughs> Simbaism. Hashtag. Hashtag Simbaism. The Lion King got made into a large variety of things. There were a number of sequel mm-hmm. movies. There were a couple of different TV shows. There was the stage play, yep. which actually started here in Minneapolis, Minnesota, where yep. we are currently sitting. Yep. Um, it was first produced on the stage at the Orpheum, which is super cool. Did not know that. I've seen so many shows at the Orpheum. It, yeah, a lot of Broadway stuff comes through and plays at the Orpheum. Yeah. It's where the, and a like, lot the, of the it's Disney where the shit, tours go. Yeah, it's where, it's where the tours go. It's the cool spot. You were talking about a video game earlier. So... When I watched this with my boyfriend last night, during the opening scene, the circle of life scene, he commented that the opening scene slash level and the stampede, the wildebeest stampede scene slash level were the most difficult parts of the SNES game, which I didn't even know was the thing, but he was like, oh yeah, it was like a legit game, but it was really hard. And I was like, you had to fucking play a level in the stampede scene where you're like, what, you were like avoiding the wildebeest? I have no idea. That I have looked terrible. It up. If it comes to the Switch, I will look it up so that okay. I can try it and fail. We might have an SNES. If we have it, we'll see if we can find the game. We'll play it. It's gonna be on the Switch. Okay, well, when it gets on the Switch, we'll play it. You don't want to do the whole watching this on an HDTV again. That's again, my favorite thing Ocarina to about. of Time on the HDTV is terrible. Anything else? The Lion King was a very important part of my childhood. And even though I don't think it was one of the best Disney productions, it will always hold a very special place in my heart. And also, it introduced me to Elton John, and when I was probably nine, I remember through Columbia House ordering a cassette tape of Madman Across the Water. That's amazing. And that album is what made me realize that most songs were about being in love. I remember that very specifically in my weird farmhouse bedroom in Clayton, Wisconsin. It was great. Yeah, I mean, this was, again, one of those fabric of my childhood movies. Yeah. It was there. We watched it all the time. There weren't very many. Five or six for me. I think my brother really liked this one. So that was a lot of what we watched. And Yeah, it was a good one. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed our episode about The Lion King. If we wildly screwed something up, please let us know. If you just disagree with us, you can also let <laughs> us know, but we probably won't care. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at WTPAPod. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Goodbye. We did Fuck it. Fuck you. We did it. God, this is so much work. This was your idea. I know. I was probably stubborn about it, too. This entire podcast was your idea. Okay, it's 11 o'clock. I need to go home. Yeah, please go home. I have to go to work in the morning. What time do you work? 8.30? 8. Oh, God. Go home.